The new Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of the new Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Hey, it's Andy Barker here and welcome back to the new grad physio podcast. So, this week's episode is going to focus around special testing and it's, uh, I guess, an area of the objective assessment I probably get the most questions around, whether that's DMs sent on social media, whether that's uh, people emailing me and asking questions, and even within uh, my own new grad physio membership, there's a lot of questions often around special testing, namely what tests to do, what's the best test for this type of injury to make this type of diagnosis. I firstly wanted to talk around, um, I guess, the origin of, of special testing, because I've certainly tried to uh, look for this, because I'm not too sure who gave special tests their name because you know as well as me that many of the special tests we use day in and day out in the clinics, departments, the sports clubs that you work are not special at all. You know, Some of the key tests for certain injuries are pretty, pretty poor. So if you think about some of the key tests, for example, at the shoulder, we see a lot of shoulder injuries, whether that's in sporting or non-sporting in environments. But tests at the shoulder, like the empty can test, the Hawkins-Kennedy test, are really shit. Like If you look at some of the, the evidence data about how sensitive and specific these particular tests are, they're really, really poor. In real terms, they lack you know, sensitivity. They're not very specific, which... In real terms, for me and you working in the clinic, it means they're not actually that great in helping us find the right patient diagnosis. Just keeping on with the shoulder, I did um, a lot of work around around the shoulder and actually developed a free shoulder PDF, which I'll mention in a, in a moment. But just looking at shoulder assessments and then if we're looking at subacromial pain problems, actually assessing range of movement, so getting your patient to flex or abduct, and identifying that your patient has a painful arc, which we know is a sign of a subacromial pain problem, is more sensitive to diagnose a subacromial pain problem than both the special tests of the empty can and Hawkins-Kennedy test. So two tests, 
the empty can and Hawkins Kennedy test that are built in theory to identify a subacromial pain problem are not as good as range of movement. Range of movement clearly is not a special test. Range of movement is something we do with every patient we see, probably regardless of, of the injury that they've got. Just goes to show you that some special tests are not that painful at all. Um, sorry, not painful at all. Some special tests are not that special um, at all. So if you don't believe me, um, like I say, I looked at all the evidence and I found this to be true. And I wrote about all this in my free shoulder PDF, five breakthrough steps to confidently treat the shoulder right every time. You can pick this up uh, on my website for free. So just head to newgrowphysio.com, just ping in your name, email, and it'll get straight sent straight through to your email inbox and take a read of that. But back to special testing. So when we're choosing special tests, what what we want to do, what you want to be able to do is ensure that the special tests you do pick are as useful as possible and ultimately help you nail the right patient diagnosis. So to help you do that, in this week's podcast, I'm going to go through three top tips that will help you get the most out of your special testing. It'll help you to nail the right patient diagnosis so you know the exact patient problem you are dealing with. Because unless you know the right patient problem, it makes it really, really difficult for you to actually then give your patient the, the right interventions. If you do have a diagnosis, it does help. I, I We still can treat patients um, without a f really firm diagnosis, but if we're able to to find a diagnosis, it can be really useful for us um, to educate our patient, to explain to our patient what is actually going on with their body. So, three top tips. Number one is all about clinical reasoning. So, reason if you actually need to test in the first place. So, if a special test is not going to add anything to your hypothesis, to your diagnosis, if you already know what's going on, then why would you do a special test? If you've done a great job with your subjective assessment and the other components of your objective assessment, then you may not need to special test. And if a positive result of a test or indeed a negative result of a test is not going to change um, your diagnosis, you've got enough information already to make that firm diagnosis, if it's not going to change the management of your patient in terms of what you do next, in terms of hands-on treatments or rehab, then why do it? So I think one of the big misconceptions that a lot of new grads have is that you have to special test. You do not need to special test each and every patient that you see. And given what we said about many of the tests that are so-called special uh, are not special. No, they lack sensitivity. They're not that specific. So you need to be able to reason like you would do with any other intervention, whether that's an assessment technique, whether that's a hands-on treatment technique, whether that's a rehab exercise, be able to clinically reason why you're doing that particular intervention. So in the case of special testing, there should always be a clinical reason as to why you're doing a particular special test. Number two, always do your special testing at the end of your objective assessment. So if you've made the clinically reasoned decision to do a special test or you know a number of special tests for whatever reason that may be, 
make sure you always do your special testing at the end. And the reason being is that the majority of special tests that we use are provocative. So by provocative, what I mean, they'll either um, elicit a feeling or um, you know a, a sensation of either pain or instability. So again, the next thing you're going to do after your objective assessment, you're probably going to pause, you're going to summarize, you're going to explain to your patient about what's going on. But the next thing you're going to do is you're going to try and get your patient better. You're going to either going to treat them with some hands-on treatment maybe, you're going to go start going through some rehab. Ultimately, things that are actually going to help their problem. So the last thing you want to do is unnecessarily actually make your patient more painful, make them more sore, make their injury worse right before you're going to try and get them better. Equally, you wouldn't want to, you know, make or give your patient a real sense of instability or apprehension right before you're going to try and get them to do some rehab. So again, only test, you know, what you need to test. And if you are testing, make sure your special testing is at the end. Because again, the big thing is if you elicit instability, apprehension, and particularly pain earlier in the assessment, the, the assessment um, scores and the results you get after that period are largely void because again you get into then a, a problem where you're testing your patient you're doing other things and you're like i've just stirred up this patient i've made their shoulder a bit sore so is that pain they're getting now with this movement on that test is it a true you know positive finding is it a positive test or am i getting a false positive is it because they've just stirred up their shoulder and now their shoulder's a bit sore and everything they're doing now is is sore and you just don't know so you get to the end of your assessment and you're a bit you're a bit muddled up you're not really sure quite sure what to to make of of their assessment so again if you are going to use testing special testing these tests tests are largely provocative so again, please, please, please do them right at the end of the assessment and use them sparingly, as we mentioned before, because the last thing you want to do is just um, stir up your patient's symptoms unnecessarily. So again, this feeds in a little bit with, I guess, the next point in regards to stop testing everything and only test what you need to test. Because again, the more tests you do, the more likely you're going to provoke your patient's symptoms, the worse you're going to make them right before you're going to, to get better. So I think a good philosophy to have around that is when you're using special testing, is to have the mindset that you're using special testing to rule in a problem rather than rule out a, a sort of problem. So again, Again, how we're probably taught at university is the opposite way around. So what we're taught at university, you have a patient with knee pain, so you do every single test in the knee, just to almost just to make sure, you know, it looks like an ACL, but we'll test, uh, you know, MCL, LCL, meniscus, we'll check for this, that, and the other. Whereas, you know, if your subjective assessment and the other parts of your objective assessment are really directing you towards one particular injury, your primary hypothesis, test that. Get into the habit of testing to rule in problems rather than ruling out everything else that potentially could be going on. And that will limit the amount of testing. It will limit the possibility of you of unnecessarily stirring up your patient symptoms. And the final point is the best test is not always the best test. So what I mean by that is you need to find what tests work for you. So a great example of this in my own practice and what I found out early in my career is regarding ACL testing. So if you look at all the data 
the Lacan's test at the knee is the best test to um, rule in an, an ACL um, injury at the knee. It's look at all the stats. It's the best ACL test. But my background, I've worked, always worked in private practice, but I've also always worked in sport. And when I first started out, I was working in professional rugby, as I am now. Um, but I found it really hard to to do the Lacan's test just because the players I was working with, rugby players, have big calves. Um, I actually struggle to get my hands properly around. I don't necessarily have small hands, but um, you know, I, I struggle with the the actual application of the test. So actually stabilizing their um, distal sort of thigh, getting my hand behind the calf, and, and doing that Lacan's test. So I actually found that using the anterior draw test, where I'd get them in crook lying, sit on their foot, and then get to get two hands behind the proximal calf and bring forward that tibia, was a better test for me. I just felt like I had more control. It was more sensitive to actually picking up uh, an ACL injury. So whilst statistically that anterior draw test is not as good as a Lachman's test, I couldn't do a Lachman's test you know, as well as I would like to do. So again, whilst it being on paper the best test, it wasn't the best test for me because I couldn't do it um, that well. And again, the best test for you um, might be a different test. It might not be as the journal papers and the textbooks tell you, it's not the best test. But again, the best test in the world for a, for a particular injury, like a Lachman's test for an ACL, is not the best test if you cannot do that test very well. So like me with the Lachman's test, I found a different way. And now having done the anterior draw test probably 100 times more than I've done the Lachman's test, I'm even, you know, I'm probably more proficient now than ever the, with the anterior draw testing and probably worse than with the Lachman's test because, again, um, I don't use it that much um, because I found a, a, you know, a test that I can do well and it helps me to be able to rule in the, the right patient diagnosis. And in that example, that would be um, a test, a special test for ruling in an ACL injury. So just to recap what we've covered. So... Firstly, the first point, reason if you actually need to test in the first place. So with any intervention, whether that's an assessment, you know, test technique, whether that's hands-on treatments and rehab, there should always be a clinical reasoning as to why you're doing that thing in the first place. If you've not got a reason to special test, then you probably shouldn't be special testing. Secondly, always do your special testing at the end. This is namely because majority of special tests are provocative. The last thing you want to do is to be at start getting false positives, you know, positive signs that are not real positive times um, signs just because you've stirred up your patient's symptoms. And you know, as important as that, the last thing you want to do right before you're going to attempt to get your patient better by treating them, by giving them rehab, is to actually make their, their symptoms worse. And then finally, the best test is not always the best test. So you need to practice, you need to find out what the best tests are for you. Firstly, you need to know what tests you need to do for the for the major injuries that you might see in and around the, the body. But practice to find out what the best test is for for you. And again, like me, that might be different to, to maybe what the textbooks and journal articles tell you is the best special test. So I cover special testing in all the modules in my new grad physio membership. This includes special testing at the shoulder, the lower back, the neck, the knee, the hip, ankle, etc. So if you want a recap on special testing, you want to learn more, 
about the special tests that you need to know and how to do them well, then head to newgraphphysio.com forward slash membership. You can find out about what the membership is, about how it can help you become the best physio that you can be. And if you're interested to learn more and you want to see if you're suitable for the program, just fill in the short application form that gets sent straight through to me. Um, I can review your answers and I will get right back to you with the next step. So as always, thanks for your time and attention. Thanks um, for joining me on the New Grad Physio podcast. I hope you enjoy your day and the rest of the week and I'll see you next time on the New Grad Physio podcast. Thanks for listening to the New Grad Physio podcast. Before you head off, I just wanted to make sure you did not miss this. Alongside his podcast, Andy posts a weekly blog on his website, www.newgradphysio.com. You can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent PDF, The 5 Breakthrough Steps to Confidently Treat the Shoulder Right Every Time, Avoid Mistakes and Stop You Feeling Less Adequate Than Other New Grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new grad physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.